0: Hey guys, real quick before we jump into this week's podcast, we just wanted to update you on some True North events. Last weekend, we were at Base Camp in Texas, and we had 52 guys join and just had an incredible experience. So much fun. And so if you're looking forward to attending a Base Camp, I just wanted to let you know that we're at Circle M Lodge in Stratford, Oklahoma on April 27th through the 30th. And then the very next weekend, we will be at Camp Wow in Stewart, Oklahoma May 4th through the 7th. And if you don't mind traveling a little bit further, or maybe you're listening and you live in Kansas City or in Iowa, we do have a base camp coming up in Iowa on May 18th through the 21st. It's our first ever one in Iowa. And so uh, that'll be really exciting. And if you're listening to this right now, and you're like, I don't know what base camp is, I would encourage you to go check out our very first podcast episode. We actually titled it episode zero who we are go back listen to that it explains who true north is what base camp is um and i'll get you excited to sign up for one of those and so thank you for joining us today we're excited about this week's podcast so let's start it right now Welcome to the True North Podcast. I'm James McKenzie, and I've got Trey Dixon with me. Trey, how are you doing, man? Doing well, man. What are you up to? Oh, just doing this podcast, and we're hoping that this will be a really good one for I all of you guys. I think it's going to be really good. Trey, you want to introduce our guest today?
1: Man, absolutely. So I'm I am really excited because this guy is near and dear to my heart. Today, who's here is Derek England. Um, and Derek and I were actually at the very first base camp, before it was even called base camp the very first camp that we ever did before it was base camp, before it was true North in 2011. And after that very first camp, we got into, we started a men's group and we have met every other week for 11 plus years now. Um, and so man, this is one, he's one of my boys. I mean, this guy has been in my life, spoken into my life. Um, and there, I've had one of the advantages of once again, being with true North is I've got to meet a lot of amazing men, but there's only a handful that are truly in my inner circle, and Derek's one of them. And so I am so honored today to have Derek England. He's a board member with True North. He was been at our very first event before it was even True North. He's a ministry leader, an amazing husband, an amazing father. Um, but the best accolade ever is he's. One of my good friends. And <laughs> oh, so <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so with all that, Derek England, man, so glad to have you here.
2: Well, thank you guys for having me. What a blessing. Uh, Trey, what an introduction. I hope I can <laughs> uh, do it justice and live up to it as we go. But thanks. I'm honored to be here. Um, and uh, let me just say the sentiments are uh, returned as well. Trey, you know you are one of my inner circle guys, and I count on you one of my 3 a.m. guys, like, let's go bury a dead body. Uh, kind of you are one of the yeah exactly you're one of the calls i'm gonna make Mm -hmm. um and i think it is uh i mean we'll talk more about this but man what a blessing to have you in my life and the other men in my life as a result of frankly 2011 and that first band of brothers wild at heart life church (laughs) um camp thing so we,
1: we weren't real good at warriors, uh, marketing <laughs> back then that's right warriors brigade Warriors brigade. that's the other identifier
2: i forgot yeah. so uh trey thanks for having me james thanks for having yeah, me this absolutely. is this is awesome man well hey derek do me a favor tell me a little bit
1: about you i mean who's derek england and and give us your story a little bit who were you coming into your first base camp in 2011
2: oh gosh okay um so uh first christ follower love jesus uh, to husband, to Gina, my dear wife, uh, we've been married almost 19 years, wow. which is really exciting. Uh, and then father to two kiddos, uh, Sawyer, who's 14 and Jack who's 13. Uh, and so, uh, love to be a, a part of that. Um, the second part of that question, who was I in 2011 prior to camp? Yes. Oh man, not nearly unrecognizable from who I am today, mm-hmm. I think looking back, um, grew up in a normal family, uh, mom, dad, uh, an older brother, who's um, has been great to me throughout life, especially considering the things that I've done to him, um, <laughs> what I put him through. But uh, parents got divorced when I was 16. Um, and I went into hyper performance mode. Uh, so you know, I, I say this often, when a traumatic event happens there are typically two routes that somebody would take not only two routes but typically two routes uh, one is self kind of self destruction right it absolutely wrecks them and they turn into self destruction to where they just constantly they destroy their own lives yeah uh, the other is hyper performance where they go into performance based love and um to prove themselves. And you know, I say thankfully, not that either of them is good, but I'm glad that I chose performance route. And so uh high school and college performed uh from sports and academics and that kind of stuff and had a ton of friends um or, or what I would call friends, always surrounded by people. And then, you know, you get into your mid 20s as it was after college and I began my friends all got married off. Uh as did I, I mean, Gina and I got married young, but um, they all got married off or moved off, and then you find yourself alone. Yeah. And so if I had to describe myself prior to that first camp, it would be alone, mm. isolated. Mm. Um, and and we know, having gone through base camp, that, hey, when you're alone or isolated, uh, you are a prime target for the enemy. Yes. Uh, you are just his playground because you have no other men or... Sp- wisdom speaking into your lives mm-hmm. and so for me that's that's where i was prior to 2011 was alone or isolated um gina and i were good and strong but um yeah i had no other guys you know like if i was i, I joked about it but if i was going to have to make a three o'clock call a 3 a.m call to somebody to help me bury a body well i, I guess i don't have anybody yeah. or the person i do have it's going to take him 12 or 15 hours to drive all the way over to help yeah. me bury that thing. So
1: well, I think that goes to the point that kind of what you said in the beginning guys either go somewhere destructive or they go to hyper performance and yet hyper performance is still destructive. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It leads to that isolation.
2: Oh, it's all it's all performance based and legalism and uh, the only value you add or this is the this is the wrong perception of performance based is the only value you add is what you can do. And mm. so if you're not doing something, you'd have no value. So you're always looking for that next thing and that next validation in the next thing. Um, yeah, which is destructive.
1: Yeah. So what is that? What's your life look like since then? So in the last 10, 11, you know, going on 12 years now, which by the way, we're getting old. No but kidding. What's that? Um, you are at least that's, uh. I'm not, um, what's that look like now in comparison?
2: Uh, Well, now if um, if I just drop if I drop something, I just order another one on Amazon. That's what I do. (laughs) Um, But really, life is uh, rich. Uh, Life is rich and full. Um, I mean, shoot, you mentioned it, Trey. We've been in a men's group together for eleven years. Mm. Every other Wednesday morning, uh, bright and early at six o'clock, and um, so I. And that's six o'clock a.m. a.m. That's right. right, That's a.m. It's, James is shaking his head no, going yeah. you guys are fools yeah. <laughs> yeah uh it's rich so I mean the men from from that men's group are my closest friends and I could call any of them to to if I needed it on a flat tire or um, help or wisdom or insight on life not to mention that has really uh, perpetuated growth with other relationships and friendships and things Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was 2010 or 2011. Um, it was right. It was right before that first base camp um, that I was praying one day, and I felt like God said, uh, or you know, God was showing me in my heart and, and moving me to say, "Hey, stay put and plug in. Mm. Stay put, plug in." Uh, I was looking back through a journal the other day and saw that, and what that meant to me was like, "Hey, stay put," because I was. I'm a, I'm a gypsy at heart. Gina, my wife can tell you that at any day, if she gives me the green light, I'm putting a for sale sign in the yard <laughs> and we're headed to Costa Rica. You know, like, um, uh, but for that moment, it was, Hey, stay put. Don't be looking for the next thing. Look for where you are uh, and plug in, get involved, get engaged. And then camp came up in 2011.
0: Yeah. So, so how does that work with the performance driven mentality when God's telling you, stay put and stay where you're at. Yeah.
2: Oh, it is completely counterintuitive. I mean, you want to talk about humility and dying to self. That's what it is. Um, That season was, so my career for a a majority for the last decade was essentially working in uh, financial industries as a mortgage banker Mm -hmm. and, This was early in that career, and it just hadn't taken off the way I anticipated, so I was kind of looking for that next thing. Um, And so for him to say stay put was like, okay, God, I have to trust you in this when you tell me something that is completely counterintuitive to my personal, my wiring or the way that I'm made. Um, But it has been so deep and rich as a result of staying put and plugging in. I mean, Gina and I have a community now that we can count on and friends that we love. Um, My kids are growing up. We are uh, back then at the first camp, my kids were two and three. um, And now they're 14 and 13. And um, gosh, I remember before that camp, I didn't know exactly how to do family, Mm. but because of a my men's group and guys like you, Trey, who have kids that are a couple of years older than my kids, mm-hmm. right? I can learn from all your mistakes, and that way I don't make the same mistakes. And there's
1: a list of them, <laughs> <laughs>
2: or all the all the great things that you do as well, or the other men in that group do uh, that I can learn from and learn how to do family. Yeah, um, that camp was when I was first introduced to family ID. Um, which is now I get the blessing of serving as that executive director of that organization yes. and learning how to do family through that as well. So what does that
1: look like for your family? So when you, you say do family, what does that mean? What does that mean and what does that look like on a practical level?
2: How long is this podcast? <laughs> mm. <Yeah. laughs> I, there, I think there are so many different levels and facets of that. Um, number one, being engaged, mm. being engaged. Yeah, um, it's easy as uh, as a man to, I guess, disengage from the family or be uh, resigned inside the family, and to push your own ideas or concepts. uh, Really, it's just pride, frankly, to say, hey, this is what I want to do. And this is what we're going to do. And if we're going to do something different, I'm not going to do it. Um, And so it takes humility inside the family to uh, lay your life down for your wife and children and be engaged in activities and conversations and to lead. Uh, Trey, you've said this many times. I'm sure you've said it on one of these podcasts is, hey, truth is, you are the spiritual leader as the husband and father in the family. Yep. Um, you are the spiritual leader. It's just a matter of where are you leading your family? Yep. Even if somebody else is more uh, vocal or mm-hmm. active or, um, you know, brings up Bible studies or conversations and that kind of stuff, it, spiritual leader is a role, not a performance.
1: Well, and it's not, it's not the most spiritual person. It's the man, right? It's the husband, it's the father, because that's who God ordained it to be. And so, yeah, to your point, something that I tell men at, you know, base camps and other things, spiritual leaders every day, sadly, lead their families away from God. If we because we are leading, it doesn't, spiritual leader doesn't mean we're always leading them towards God. Spiritual leader is the husband, the father, and sadly, so many times we lead them from
0: God. Mm. And so that's a, a huge
1: designation.
0: I get this question a lot of what does it mean to die to yourself in the sense of being a father, being a husband? Can you think of any like specific things that Derek wanted to do, but you had to submit that to the father and meet your kids needs or meet Gina's needs? Uh,
2: Yeah, absolutely. So here's the first one, uh, kind of an overarching example is uh, Gina and I took personality tests years ago and, um, on the Myers I bet that Briggs. Was interesting. Oh, yeah, Myers Briggs, right? <laughs> it, it, I am uh, an ENTP. She is an ISFJ. Yep. So there are only so many letters in that thing, yep. and if you take the time to analyze that, that means we're the exact opposite um, yep. on every single one of those. Um, so our family, two boys, two girls. Um, we are a nice square family, and we are completely split between two extroverts, two introverts. Uh, two people who want to consistently go, 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 Mm -hmm. and two people who home is their safe and security place. Um, So what that means is I I happen to be one of those extroverts. So I have a tendency to go, 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 push, push, push. Let's fill the calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, But years ago, we came up with one of our, our five core values. And one of those is being radically protective of quality time. Um, so James, to the, to the question, how, how do I have to die to self? Well, sometimes I have to stay at home when I want to go. Yep. And it's
1: that simple. I mean, and you said that earlier, you said, you know, you're gypsy by heart. If it's up to you, put it for sale sign, go to Costa Rica. But part of the you know, dying to self is saying, no, I'm going to stay engaged they're with the family. I'm going to stay engaged in their lives and with my with my wife, even when it's contrary to what my flesh wants. That's
2: right. That's right. So it, it's, it can be um, quite larger than that, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I would love to go to a Thunder basketball game because a buddy gave me tickets, but pray about it. See what God says. Listen to my wife. Listen to my kids and their heart and go, Hey, you know what? I can I can pass on that opportunity. Yeah, um, and now, not and not um, grumble about it, not be miserable about it. But I can gladly uh, pass on that opportunity because I am choosing in that moment um, my wife and kids instead of choosing me in now, that moment.
1: How does that clarify? Because I also want to be real clear to guys out there because what we tend to do as humans we let our pendulum go to these extremes. Right. And a lot of guys will go to this extreme very selfishly. And the selfish may be checking out, just watching football, sports, or I'm never at home. I'm always hanging out doing what I want to do. Very dangerous, very, very unhealthy. But I also think going fully too far the other way, nothing for yourself only doing what your wife wants to do you're not advocating that that's the healthy way No, either. gosh no no and no no, no. So, and, and what does that
2: look like for you yeah good question Trey because that's specifically for me and my family yeah. right that's an example that that I've done um, I have also uh, there are times that I am restless or frustrated and um, I've gone to God and, and said hey God what's the what's the deal and I felt like he gave me this picture in my mind of two buckets Um, and one bucket is an adventure bucket, and one bucket is a duty bucket. That's D-U-T-Y bucket, right? Just (laughs) for clarification. Yeah, it (laughs) made me think of our Colorado trip with (laughs) Trey for a second
0: there, but continue. (laughs) He said duty. (laughs) Um,
2: Right? We can also call that responsibilities. Um, Yes. Right? Better word. (laughs) But those are the two buckets that he gave me. And it's like, oh, man, when my responsibility or my duty bucket is so full and my adventure bucket is really empty, I feel restless and empty. Um, Because we know, hey, God has built adventure into the heart of men. Um, And it looks different. It could be a Colorado trip. It could be a business venture. It could be could be the thunder game. It could be the thunder game, right? Like it could be a small adventure or excitement or something. Um, And when one is empty and the other is full... Well, you're out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so for me, Trey, to your to your point, your question is, hey, I go to the father first mm-hmm. and I say, hey, God, what does this look like? Is this a time from, is this an opportunity that I could choose adventure mm-hmm. or do I need to choose, you know, do I need to take care of these responsibilities that I've committed to um, in, in a beautiful way, right? And so no, I'm not advocating always stay at home and do nothing. Right. I'm not advocating always go out and do something. But it is, first and foremost, hey, pray about it. See what God has to say.
0: Yeah, because there's two important things in this as well. It's vulnerability with your spouse and communication with your spouse. Yes. Um, and so your spouse is going to want to know what's going to fill your bucket or mm. where your bucket's at. And so can you think of any times where you've used communication and vulnerability to maybe not get your way, but to help fill your bucket and help your wife understand what you need.
2: Yeah, sure. That's a great Um, question. So I can think of going back to our men's group and to, to the point, probably one of the, one of the greatest, benefits in my life that has come out of that first camp tray is our men's group yeah I mean the guys in there are just rock solid foundation of the earth kind of count on guys yeah and so out of that group has come a lot of growth and development and encouragement um, and one of the things that came out of that group is um, planned adventures. Mm -hmm. right? One guy in the group, he loves to do backpacking trips and he loves to organize those backpacking trips.
1: Praise God. Yeah,
2: exactly. Right. (laughs) And so, uh, I can't go on all of them. Right. I can't, you know, you've got work or schedule, but James, to your question, um, I can think of a couple that I have gone on and my kids were young and they wanted me to stay, but it was through prayer and it was through communication with Gina Mm -hmm. that I was able to say, Hey, babe. Workspace allows me to go on these trips, and I've prayed about it, and I feel like this would be a beneficial thing for me and for us mm-hmm. because I'm going to come back refreshed, mm-hmm. yeah. even though you're sleeping in a desert for <laughs> two or three nights when it's 12 degrees. Um, I'm going to come back refreshed in my spirit, maybe not physically, and, um, and that will help us to grow closer together and perpetuate. So um, okay. good.
1: Well, and something you were even we were talking about before this coming in here. You play basketball with some guys. I mean, you get together, you know, once a week or twice a week with some guys where you just go out and play basketball and have that competition, have that masculine connection, things like that that are so incredibly important to help you be the husband and
0: be the father that you need to be.
2: That's right. That's right.
0: And I, I love what you're speaking to. I could get on a soapbox about this because I believe one of the big reasons that men haven't taken the time out of their life to attend a base camp is because for a good reason, this is a good reason, a good heart, they don't want to take the time away from their family. Yep. But how important is it to take time away for yourself so that you can be better for your family and sacrificing those three or four days away from the family so that you can come back and pour even more into them than you ever could have without them. And so that's cool to hear you talk about just getting that time away so that you could be better because we have to be healthy first. That's it.
1: Exactly. That's so. it. It goes back to when you're on an airplane, you know, they always say in the unlikely event, you know, that, a, that an you know, that we lose cabin pressure, the auction mask drops down. You have to take yours first. And that seems selfish. It seems wrong, but you are no good in a time of crisis. And that's the, that I think is the big issue there. In a time of crisis, if you're not healthy, you can't help the people around you. Mm -hmm. And so we have to make sure that in those times where it's not crisis, just James, to your point, we're doing those things to make sure that our adventure bucket is full so that our duty bucket can be full so that when a time of crisis comes, and by the way, none of us go through life without a crisis. We live in a broken world, broken people a crisis will occur. And I don't think that shocks any of us. Right. Are we strong enough to weather that? And we have to make sure that we're strong and taking care of our own hearts so that we can then pour into and love those around us. Sure. I think that's what you're saying.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think, James, to, to your point as well, is if I, if this was 10 years ago, Um, let me reinforce the concept of base camp or first spending the time with God to get healthy before you spend the time on just straight up adventures. Yes. Right? Um, Because if this was 10 or 12 years ago, a backpacking trip wouldn't have been an opportunity to build relationship with guys, to grow closer to God. Um, It would just be... Just a fun trip. Just a fun trip. Yeah. right. Which Which, isn't wrong. Which isn't wrong. That's good and fun and all that. But... Um, where it comes to is after having a healthy foundational relationship with God through Basecamp, mm-hmm. um, that then you look at those opportunities with fresh eyes and new eyes mm-hmm. as okay, hey, I'm gonna be intentional, I'm gonna be focused, and I'm gonna choose when to say yes to this and when to say no to that. That's um, good. It's something that Gina and I do and have um and continue to do is we Um, at the beginning of each year, you know, we have our annual family Mm -hmm. planning retreat where Gina and I will spend a couple days together and plan the next year and pray about it. And one of the things that we pray about is, okay, how many days, how many days can we be apart? God, how many, because it's not an unlimited apart and it's not an unlimited together, right? Um, there is some, some health in that. And then based on what the Lord leads both of us, Hey, we have an allowance or a budget. Of days that we can, that I can be away from the family and I get to choose. This last year, I chose uh, base camp, you know, as one of those times I got to take some family members to base camp and that was a great opportunity and use of that budget. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I love that concept of a budget and coming to it ahead of time, planning for it. We're on the same page. And the beautiful part with the budget, if the budget, if I have. Amy and I have a financial budget and so we have our blow fund where it's just money that we can spend for us for whatever reason. I don't have to account for it, I don't have to justify it, it's mine for whatever reason. And so if you budget your time, budget being away that's wherever you feel like with you and God, what you need at that time. That's it. That's
0: so great. That's I, it, however, powerful. don't like being put in a box. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, need, I need adventure to always be potentially oh. right on the horizon. And... Like your gypsy soul, like oh, I need that, but a lot. Yeah, I love it too. Just joking, guys. Don't take that serious. <laughs> sort of. James needs Dave Ramsey. James I budget could probably use some budget help. But let's be honest. Three
2: hundred and sixty-four <laughs> nights. Yes, is, is James's budget. Yes, and um, you don't have to use them all, but those are available. Right. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Um, Trey, back to your point about choosing fun, and um, there's a guy, Chris Hart, who is. Um, He's out of Tulsa. He's uh, a, he's a life coach and business coach kind of guy, and I've heard him speak a couple times. And he talks about the six Fs of family, uh, uh, six Fs. I'm sorry of um, six Fs of a man's heart, and making sure that these are all taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, these are is, clean, right? These are he's clean. Like, yeah, okay, six Fs. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, faith, family, friends, finances, fitness, and fun. Oh man, say those again. That's okay, good. Let me say it again: faith, family, friends, finances, fitness, and fun.
1: Mm, that's good
2: because you have to. I mean, those are all aspects that speak to our heart, and and they are a mixture of that adventure and and duty, right? Um, faith, relationship with God and Jesus Christ, and family, making sure that you are present that you're engaged with your family and and not just present, but leading them well. Mm-hmm. Having yeah. crucial conversations with yeah. uh, your family members when it's time and, and letting the Lord grow you. Grow, I, I'll say this, letting I've let him grow me through conversations with my family. Mm-hmm. Things that maybe, um, maybe it's not the most fun to sit down and have a family meeting and talk about the schedule for the week. But let me tell you, it's really beneficial. Yeah. You know, I'd rather just do so, I'd rather just sit and watch TV than have a that conversation, but it's really, really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends, that's community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Chris goes on to talk about, hey, you need your one, your three, and your twelve, as Jesus did. Yeah. Um your one, your three, and your twelve. You're one guy that no matter what if he calls, the answer is yes, Yeah, and then let's see what the situation is. The three that you can count on and get good counsel, and the 12 that you can, I mean, you know, community has circles, and right. it gets bigger and bigger. Uh, finances, obviously, fitness, obviously, and then fun. Fun is, it's important. And, and yep. that's where you mentioned, hey, even if it's a once a week basketball game, something that refreshes your soul. Yeah. We need that. Yep. The, the world is so crushing dark and depressing and uh, oppressing, and it will take, take, take. It's a gigantic appetite out there, and it will take everything that you can give, and there's got to be a way to refresh your soul. Even I think even Jesus, he would pull away to by himself in quiet times and refresh his spirit through quiet time with God.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, something that just, I've never thought about this before, but something I feel like God just kind of showed me why do guys love hockey, football, basketball? I mean, there's something, these are inherently, not that women don't enjoy them and can't play them, but these are inherently and have been men's sports. And there's always part of the competition and that competitiveness, but hearing those six Fs, there's friends, Mm -hmm. you're playing with other men, there's some community, you're talking trash, or you're congratulating each other if you won the game. Um, there's fitness mm-hmm. when we're out there and sweating and busting our butts, but we feel better afterwards and there's a fitness and we're having fun. And I, any time that I think we can engage multi-level, you know, just those things that if it's just fun, great. If it's just fitness, great. If it's just, you know, friends, great. But if we can incorporate multi things of those, it just draws us even deeper in it. You know, kill one bird with, or three birds with one stone. Right. Um, um, and I it, like literally that just kind of dawned on me that I think that's part of the reason men are often, we gravitate to these team sports is it does hit so many of those box and one thing.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Man,
0: you guys are not grasping. It. That was genius <laughs> on my part. That
2: was huge. And you guys aren't grasping. It. I did. I'll, I'll write that down now, <laughs> Trey. Hold on. Yeah. Let me write that down.
0: So Derek, one of my hopes for this podcast, my biggest prayers is that people will, Get to experience God in new ways, based off of the interviews that we're having, mm-hmm. and how you, Derek, or Greg Gunn, or all these other guests mm-hmm. that we're having, how you guys have experienced God. Yeah. And I've loved this so far because you've talked so much about how you're bringing God into your life mm-hmm. to help you make decisions. And we know that's very foreign idea for a lot of people. Yeah, and it's also even the ones that have kind of been exposed to it and, and want that. Don't know exactly what that looks like. So for you, Derek England, what has that looked like in the your retreat where you're praying to God, looking for guidance of where um, what you should schedule out your year? Like, how does God show up in that moment to guide you?
2: Well, I'll I'll say it real simply: ask God questions, write down answers. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah. And uh, that is. Probably the most, well, one of the two most important things that I learned from the Wild at Heart Band of Brothers Life Church Warrior Brigade Boot Camp from mm-hmm. 2011. 2.0. 2.0. 2. In, 0. in, in 2011. Right. It just um, rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I think the title is actually longer than the camp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, was, hey, get away, ask God questions, write down answers. Yeah. And, and that has been a practice mm-hmm. that I have implemented for 11 years now mm-hmm. is spend time with the Lord, ask questions, write down answers. Here's why. One, when you write it down, it's hard to get distracted. Hmm. But if I'm sitting by myself in the dark or I'm trying to pray before I go to bed, I, I'm telling you guys, I can't count to 10 before I fall asleep. Yeah. So trying to actually have a conversation with the Lord and and pray about something and hear him Not going to happen. But if I get away and I write something down, it's hard to get distracted while I'm writing something down. So I'll write down questions, have a journal and prayer time, and I'll write down answers. Mm -hmm. And when I say answers, that could be something that I feel like uh, God reveals to me in the moment something, a, th- a thought that I wasn't expecting that came in. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes I believe that is the Holy Spirit moving yeah. in and yeah, through you, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're not talking about thunder shaking and the yeah. house rattling and then God gives me these answers. Yeah. But um,
1: That's still a quiet voice. Oh, it's a
2: quiet voice. Yeah. Um, I-, I told somebody this not too long ago because um, they asked the question, hey, how does God speaking, how do, what, what does that mean? And it's like, well, it's you hear the Lord, the same way you hear you speaking to you in your head. Yeah. Cause I talk to myself probably. And I talk more than I talk to anybody else throughout the day. Yup. Um, and it's the same way, just that thought, that, that concept or that revealing in your spirit and in your mind, um, ask God questions, write down answers, uh, and then you make time for them. You know, I, I haven't done it as much as I would like to, uh, but there's something called lunch with the Lord that Gina encourages me uh, in a great way to do. And that is, Hey, just as I would schedule a lunch with one of my buddies or friends, schedule it with God, clear it off on the schedule, go get a good lunch, sit down, take it somewhere quiet, and pray, write down answers. You know, yeah. um, so uh, the other reason of, of writing down stuff: one, so you don't get distracted; two, so you don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's it's so easy to forget what God has told you or or where he's led you or a decision that you made or, or whatever it is. But if you have it written down, you can go back and review it and go, ah, I totally forgot that he mentioned this or we're supposed to be doing this. Because um, we, are, we are a fickle people who get distracted easily, especially myself, by every shiny object that comes my way.
1: Mm. Well, and we know that, like in school, for instance, we know if you hear something, you see something, you say... The more that we can engage all of our senses, the more something sets in and we tend to memorize it. Right, And I believe that concept is so unbelievably true. We are triune beings made in the image of a triune God. He's father, son, Holy spirit. We're mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And when the spirit is speaking to us and we're hearing it in our mind and interpreting it, when we begin to write it down without even realizing it, we're seeing it, we're thinking it, we're writing it. We're now engaging our entire triune self holistically. We're allowing God to speak through us spiritually, emotionally, and physically, and it just engages our entire being. And so, I think that's so incredibly powerful to, you know, ask questions and then write the answers.
2: It's pretty simple. I'm not smart enough to do anything more complex than that, Trey. <laughs> <That's>, so, <laughs> does Gina? Does Gina do this kind of the same practice? Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, again, that came out of base camp. Prior to base camp, mm-hmm. we were not. Yep. Um, but after base camp and the ascent, it was, hey, that is a leadership, um, I don't know what you'd call it, a leadership thing that I could take to my home yeah. to lead my family well is, hey, let's pray about this. Let's write down answers. And then let's lead our kids to do the same thing, yep. right? And so my kids, I mean, there, there will be times that we have three or four or five things, decisions, Because again, one of our core values as a family is to be prayerful in decision-making. Yeah, And so that means, guess what we have to do? Well, we have to be prayerful in decision-making if we're going to live out our core value. Uh, And so there have been times that we have three or four or five things, decisions that we need to make as a family that will steer the next six, eight, 12 months. So, okay, guys, hey, I'm going to put them down on a sheet of paper and print them out. And uh, for the next hour, we're all just going to Find places in the backyard or the house or whatever it is. Pray about these things. If the Lord reveals something to you, write it down. Mm -hmm. If not, no pressure. Um, And then we'll meet up here in a couple hours, um, and we'll all talk about it and share and see where God guides us. It is amazing the unity in the spirit that you get when everybody in the family goes, seeks the Lord earnestly, writes down answers, comes back. You're going to get different perspectives, different personalities, but... It, it has led to great clarity in our family, and then guess what? Everybody's on board. And, and if there's not the same thing, right? It is. Hey, there's a difference that we're hearing here. Do we need to pray about this again? Do we need to? Um, do mom and dad just need to decide and move on? How? And it depends on the level of the uh, level of the decision, right? Like if it was sell the house, probably not going to invite the kids in just mm-hmm. because. Right. Hey, they might be they might be biased in yeah. one way, yeah. right? So, um, yeah. I'd, lo- I'd love for you to talk about your kids
0: experience in this though. Like what, what does their spiritual development look like? Like, cause that's un- unusual for children to have much spiritual development these days, honestly, like, and for them to even be in a place where they're open to going and praying about something that they should do is unique. And so
2: can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I, first I'll give. Um, a lot of the credit to my wife. Mm-hmm. So we are. Um, we do too. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Um. Uh. So we we're we're weirdos, James. We homeschool, right? So that puts us already in that other category and box. So you um, make your own butter. Yeah, we make yeah, our, our Gina own makes the butter. That's right. Um. Yeah. And um. But as a result of that, faith is a large part um of that school curriculum. Yeah. I mean, we look at things from a, from a faith-based perspective, um, lots of time with uh, Bible knowledge and Bible history and understanding that. So one, I'm blessed with phenomenal children who love the Lord, have from an early age. Um, and Gina and I credit a lot of, at 13 and 14, my kids are more mature than a lot of kids that are 16, 17, 18, because... Uh, we credit, they accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit and were baptized at like five and six years old. Mm -hmm. So, hey, they've had now eight, nine years with the Holy Spirit, understanding that the promptings of the Holy Spirit are promptings of the Holy Spirit, not just Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder telling you right from wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then we put them, Gina and I put them in situations for them to grow, mature, and develop intentionally start small, right? Start small. Hey guys, the Lord speaks. We believe the Lord speaks. Here's why we believe the Lord speaks. Now we want you to practice hearing God's voice. Why don't you guys go pray about these items that, um, are really low risk items. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and when you get a response, write it down or bring it back and let's hear what the Lord said. Um, there's a pastor and he, he did a whole parenting series and he said, one of the greatest, the, the two greatest, the two greatest factors that determine if our children stay in the faith is number one, the parental relationship. Hey, how is the marriage? Yep. Because if there's a strong marriage and a strong relationship between the parents, um, there is a high percentage that the children will stay in the faith through high school, through college and all of that. Yep. Another of the largest factors was, Praying and seeing God answer prayers. Mm. And so when you can see a, a God who, a miracle working God working miracles or answering prayers, oh man, it is a powerful, powerful thing. And so they've seen that. Uh, thankfully, my kids have seen that for years and years now. And we record that. So we have um, Family ID produced a Family ID prayer and goal journal. Mm-hmm. That keeps track. Um, you can write stuff down, and we do. We've we've kept track for years now of answered prayers, or prayer requests, or things God's doing, or hey, what's our core value that we're praying about this week or this month? Um, and so we just, He's a central part of our conversation. I think would be a would be an overarching theme. Yeah,
1: man. And so to even first of all know you, know your family, know your kids. Everything Derek just said is spot on, true, and accurate. But even if you're hearing this and you're going, okay, that sounds great, but that's a little fanatical. It's maybe a little out there. Does that really work? Just because it works for one person doesn't mean it's true for everyone. If you're listening to this podcast, you have some relationship with True North, most likely. You've probably had an experience in one of our camps at Base Camp, and you've seen how God has moved through that. What I want you to see that you don't get to see there, and Derek knows this, everything that he's saying about listening then writing Mm -hmm. it down, Our board actually gets away every year for a board retreat. We get away somewhere. We ask God, God, what do you want? We get away individually, write things down, come back together, and it always lines up Mm. in some unbelievable ways. And where True North is today is in a huge part because of that, because the leadership and the board getting together, seeking God, seeking, asking those questions and writing down the answers sharing those and having a unified vision. And like you said, watching an incredibly powerful, holy God mm-hmm. answer prayers, get wow. us to, you know, take steps of faith. And so there's a good chance that if you're listening to this and you've been impacted by true north, what you didn't know is everything that Derek was saying was implemented on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And so that what he's saying is absolutely 1000% true and spot on.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree to that. Trey is, is, I mean, I have one of the greatest reasons that I have implemented this in the family is because I've sat under good leadership um, through John Eldridge and learning yeah. from him through our board at yeah. True North um, and seeing it happen at True North and seeing hey, other men doing the same thing in their families. So, yeah. And, and let me let me back up to that because after I said that last statement, it was man. I'm painting a pretty rosy picture about life, right mm-hmm. um, It's had some struggles oh yeah come on <laughs> every everybody has struggles and challenges um, and, and I'm only getting to talk about the high points here mm-hmm. yeah. um, and if if you're listening to this for the first time or or don't follow some of these practices, no problem no yeah. problem. Uh, my greatest encouragement can be to start small yeah hey choose one thing and say, okay, we are going to have dinner together five nights a week or whatever it is, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be some super spiritual thing, um, but choose something practical and start small and just watch the Lord work in and through that because he's faithful and he will. And just let's continue with the eat dinner together scenario. Um, Watch what conversations come up at dinner. Okay, I'm saying eat dinner together. Let's make it one step harder. We're going to eat dinner together at the table, right, (laughs) without the TV, and talk five nights a week, right? Um, uh, And watch what conversations come up as you just say, how was your day? Did you learn anything today? Hey, did you see God work in your life today? Or whatever it is, and just start small. That would be my greatest encouragement. Because, again, when I, after my first camp, my kids were two and three. I didn't hand them a sheet of paper and say, go pray and tell me what you heard. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, these have been a thousand small steps over the last decade that have led to a family that I adore. I mean, I I love, I love spending time with my family because, um, well, my kids are a mix of my two favorite people in the whole world, myself and Gina. So (laughs) uh, why wouldn't I love hanging out with my kids and and my wife? Um, So my encouragement is start small.
0: Yeah, I love that. Start small, but grow big. Yeah, and and kind of what y'all were getting at of, like, mercy. I want to speak mercy over all of you listening because some of you are fostering kids right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Some of you, like, personalities have such a big role in this, like, of your children. And so what we want you to hear from what Der- everything Derek's laid out is, like, there is a pathway that's been traveled. And... No matter where you're starting from, we can all guide towards that pathway. And that's a, a relationship, an intimate relationship with God. And my experience of a couple teenage daughters and even two young kids, where like we are extremely intentional. My wife and I have an incredible relationship, and yet we have big, major, terrifying life decisions. Mm-hmm as parents, um, and, and the decisions that our teenagers are making and it's scary and you wonder how did we ever get here? And all we've done is keep God in the center mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. And we are in a season right now of seeing some beautiful fruit of that. Yeah. Um, but I was at a point where if I heard someone's parenthood going really well, it's like, well, good for you, you know, like, yeah, right, like, right it's it's tough like there's a lot of dynamics and everybody's that that's listening to this right now like mercy for you guys like this is simply to show you a pathway and this this beautiful restoration that God has for all of us and it's going to look different for all of us but yeah Derek thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom and your experiences in this area because you're you're incredible you're living it out yeah and yeah
2: I'm trying. I'm trying, and and let me let me add to that, James, just real quick, is uh, let me give a, a mathematical equation for grace, right? Um, is in my work at Family ID, um, we get to work with lots of families, make lots of presentations and seminars to churches and organizations, and one of the things that we often tell families is uh, what percentage of responsibility do we as parents typically take on how our kids turn out? What percentage?
1: Like 100, yeah. yeah we typically take 100%, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah.
2: Um, uh, we see a family, and maybe the kid has turned away from uh, the norm, turned away from the family, and oh man, what'd they do as parent. I mean, it's natural, right? However, none of us look at Adam and Eve and say, man, if only they had a better dad. Mm. If only their parent was a yeah. little bit better, then they wouldn't have sinned. Yeah. Eh. I don't think so. So when you look at kids and you look at parenting, really there's three factors that go into how kids turn out. Um, 30% of it is their wiring. And and James, you alluded to this, right? There's Mm -hmm. personalities. There is just hard wire. I talked about it earlier. Uh, One of my kids is an extrovert and one of them is an introvert. That's just the way the Lord made them. Um, So 30% of it is their wiring. 30% of it is our parenting impact. That is what we do, their environment, how we, how we parent them, mm-hmm. either try not to under parent them, right? Hey guys, mm-hmm. here's the keys. We'll see you in a week. We try not to over parent them, be a helicopter parent and keep them uh, too sheltered from the world and yep. all that stuff. Right. Um, so 30% is their personality. 30% is our parenting and 30% are their peers and experiences. These are the people they hang out with. These are the things they do. Um, and so if our parenting impact is only 30%, should we take 100% of the blame?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, we shouldn't. We should maximize that 30% as much as we can, and we should help steer them with wisdom and guidance on peers and experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey, I love that, that your boys have done, I've watched them do mission trips over the years, right? That's an experience that you can steer because you understand the fruit of the backside of that saying, Hey, I know what's going to come out of that as growth and development and appreciation and gratitude. So that's an experience. I, I really, really want you guys to go on. Yeah. Right. That's going to help maximize your parenting impact, but there's mercy and grace out there because we don't have a hundred percent of the impact on how our kids turn out and, and how our family dynamics go from a day to day basis. Um, the other piece is um, understanding who God created your family to be. And, and now I'm getting on the family ID yeah. pedestal, right? But uh, I've mentioned a couple times, hey, we have, as England's, identified core values. This is what we stand for, and this is what we don't stand for. Yeah. And that creates a filter through which you can make decisions yeah. um, to say, hey, we're going to do these things, and we're not going to do those things. And they don't have to be really, really fancy. Yeah. I mean, it it can be as simple as deciding in your family one thing that we stand for, and that becomes what you stand for. Hey, we're going to be generous. Okay, well, what are the implications of being generous? That means we're not going to be selfish. That means we're going to give. That means, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, you can choose a simple, not glamorous core value that your family can stand on. Um, I'll say this. Uh, this last idea on that piece is Gina grew up in an Italian family and um, her her maiden name was Jean Filippo and uh, that's John Philip in Italian. and um, But they went by Flippo for short because it's easier for people to pronounce in, South, in, in Eastern Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> and uh, so through some challenges over life, um, her dad would speak into her and he would just say, you're a Flippo. You're tough. You can get through this. And just that simple concept, I mean, it is she would have that on repeat in her brain to say, okay. I'm a Flippo. I'm tough. I can get through this. And that's all it took.
1: Yeah. It doesn't take it doesn't take rocket science right. and and I love how you said just start simple and and we'll close with this because man, you can do everything right as a parent. But if your kids don't know that they're unconditionally loved, it'll never be enough. Ever. The flip side of that, you can make a lot of mistakes, but if your kids know that they're unconditionally loved, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And so James, to your point, the grace and the mercy, if your first starting point is just to do anything in your power today to let your kids know that you absolutely unconditionally love them then that's a great starting point. And so, Derek, thank you so much for coming in today, sharing all of this. What a powerful um, just time today and so many great nuggets. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for what you're doing, being a part of True North, being in uh, Family ID, being a guy who's in my life and and my family because my kids and my marriage are better today because of you even speaking all those things into my life. And so, Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this podcast today. We love you guys.